Hello everyone, my name is David Smith and this is the Armchair Commentary. On this week's episode, the NFL playoffs are in full effect and Steve and I are breaking down what went on and what's going to happen. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on every major podcast app from Apple Podcasts to Ghana. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. If, you're, if we're not listed where you want us to be listed, let me know so I can make sure that we make that happen. If you'd like to support this podcast by purchasing merchandise, you can check us out at tpublic.com slash armchaircommentary. Check out our store. If you buy anything, tag us in the socials at Armchair Commentary, at Armchair Comment 2, and at Steve Steel 23. Let us know what you picked up. Without further ado, Believe Land. Another week is in the books, and this one, uh, a little different than the last. Uh, we're going to talk about football because obviously plenty happened in uh, with the playoffs, everything that went on. But uh, the big news that most recently happened, uh, for us at least, is uh, a huge blockbuster of a trade in the NBA. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, uh, I don't get it. I uh, what what. What does this deal mean? There's a lot that's going on, um, and there's a lot to unpack with it, Steve. But uh, when I first saw the deal, I thought that Houston made out okay and Cleveland made out uh, pretty well. I don't know how I feel about what the Nets did. Uh, I don't know where you come down on this. Uh, is, it, <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? What is it? It's a lot. Well, it, it, it's a lot to unpack, so let me just keep it succinct here. The Brooklyn Nets in 2013-2014 traded all their draft picks for the next three of the next six drafts, or three of the next five drafts, something like that, or what it was. But it resulted, well, anyway, I'll get to it, to Boston for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And in that trade, they got to the second round of the playoffs and lost in 2014. They beat the Raptors in seven that year. It was the Raptors' first year of the playoffs. And in return, the Boston Celtics got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and I believe another draft pick that they traded somewhere else. But they got their core of their whole fucking team out of that trade, and they had no business. So they got rid of their old man core and got two young core. By the way, I think Jalen Brown's 23, Jason Tatum's like 22. And they've been yeah. they've been excelling in this league for a couple of years now. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's a fun fact. The Celtics offered Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and two first-round picks for James Harden. Oh, sorry, Houston offered James Harden to Boston for that. Jalen Brown, Marcus Martin, two first-round picks, and the Celtics rejected it, and I think it, it makes them look like geniuses. James Harden's 32 years old. He's now shaped like me. He's probably got two, maybe three years left performing at a high level, if he even has that left. I don't know how, how James Harden's game translates into mid to late 30s, especially when your body goes up and down in weight and whatever the case may be, but – The Houston Rockets absolutely annihilated the Brooklyn Nets in this trade. Everybody won except for Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn might win one championship, but here's their first-round picks. They get get Brooklyn's first-round pick in 2022, which is a year year and a half from now. God knows what kind of shape Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are in a year and a half from now. But it doesn't really matter because they get 2024 as well and 2026. Oh, and here's the fun part. 
They get four first-round pick swaps as well in 2023, 2025, and 2027. Hypothetically, with Brooklyn's absolutely limitless potential for failure here, because if Kevin Durant suffers another injury or Kyrie Irving, if Kevin Durant gets hurt and that team is built out of James Harden and Kyrie Irving, they're going to be gone off. Because literally, let's be honest right now, they have these three superstars or two superstars and one star, Kyrie Irving being the star, and a G League team. So they're one injury away from being a lottery team pretty much every year going forward. So 2024 could be a lottery pick. 2026 could be a lottery pick. 2023 could be a lottery pick. 2025 could be a lottery pick. 2027 could be a lottery pick. Oh, and they got, let's see, the Rockets also got Karis LeVert, a fantastic role player. Rodan's Kirch, I don't know. I don't know who that is. The, and next guard, Dante Exum, and a 2022 first-round pick via Milwaukee from the Cavs. So Because they, they flipped Karis LeVert for Oladipo. Yes. Yes, they did. But I, I, I hadn't gotten there yet. Because I, I, I had to point out that they also now have the 2022 Cleveland Cavaliers first-round pick. <laughs> oh, which, by the way, is going to be a lottery pick. You, you got to like, you got to just see how much Houston won here. I don't know who Houston's GM is, but honestly, I, I like I was a, a couple weeks ago. I spent a couple, uh, a couple hours giving OKC's GM like the applause. This guy, this guy isn't even playing chess. This guy is playing like Jesus Christ, quantum physics chess. He's playing chess from three like galaxies away with using telekinesis and mind bowers compared to most GMs. This guy took Brooklyn's desperation. The fact that James Harden said he basically didn't want to play there anymore, showed up 40 pounds, overweight, completely sabotaged any kind of value he had at the surface and got all of this. This is the worst trade in NBA history. And I don't even have to wait. Like, even if Brooklyn wins one, this sets up Brooklyn for at least 10 to 15 years of failure. Like there's yeah. nothing here. They have no assets. They have nothing there's nothing here they are a barren wasteland outside of three guys two guys in their 30s and i think Kyrie is 28 29 i don't know how old Kyrie is one second here but by the way Kyrie irving probably isn't going to play until he's old because Kyrie Irving doesn't seem interested in playing right now he's 28 years old but god knows how much longer he's going to be in the league with his current behavior so if Kyrie Irving, say, falls off the face of the cliff and just says, I don't want to play basketball anymore. I want to take care of my social justice thing, which, by the way, he's totally within his rights to do. And you just have James Harden, Kevin Durant. Yeah. You're not a very good basketball team other than those two guys because the rest of Brooklyn is DeAndre Jordan and a bunch of guys that play, probably play like weekend pickup games at the wide, keep their game sharp. Like, this is not a good basketball team. They traded away every piece that got them to the playoffs last year without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't know what they were thinking. I know their owner and their management are known idiots. Like the, I thought they learned from the Boston deal. I think that's what I was expecting. I expected them to have like, hey, you know, we, we, we set our franchise back years and then we got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. We're, we're going we're gonna to roll with this. But the fact they spent all this on James Harden, a big, admittedly good basketball player, very good basketball player, but all he is is like a, a meaningless stat stuffer. This is the worst trade I've ever seen. Like, I don't think, like, I'm a Leafs fan. I've seen some bad trades. You know, I mean, the Raptors trade was pretty bad when we traded Vince Carter. But this is, this is a train wreck. This is. I don't get it. Like, that's what I, I was saying. It's so hard to unpack because we're not just talking about, um, it's not just like they were like, okay, we're going to give you our next two firsts. There's four picks involved. 
and then they toss some players in, and then there's no, pick swaps not, involved. Yeah, it's th- it's it's four first round picks, I think. Also, they get Cleveland's first round pick, which is a lottery pick, and they get the four pick swaps. So a few of those years, when because Durant's going to be 35, 36, 7 feet tall with a, a formerly torn Achilles, he's going to dominate a basketball court. Like James Harden's yeah. going to be James Harden's going to be 36, 37, playing like he used to. Come on, guys! Like, see in the future, like. You, you got utterly robbed. You're, you're you're building a dynasty in Houston. That's what you're doing. In five, six years, because even if Houston doesn't draft all these players, the capital they now have to go get whatever the hell they want. Yeah. They, they, who can they who's gonna say no to all these assets? Plus they have their own assets. Like we forget, like Houston still has their own. And they just traded Russell Westbrook to Washington with John Wall, and I think that was a straight up deal. But John oh no, the John Wall deal's bad. No, it wasn't. There was a pick, I think. <laughs> Did they get a pick like, in that deal? Like, hold on, let me yeah, check real quick. Because like, I want to see. They either got a pick or they gave up a pick. This, is, I don't this doesn't remember. seem like a good trade. Yeah. It was just okay. This deal right here, um, the Harden deal, surprised me a lot um, for a few reasons. <laughs> uh, one, you, you covered pretty extensively there the, um, the, the tanking of value. Um, you never you, you never see this in the NHL. Like if a guy, like or even in the NFL, if a guy holds out and tanks his value, you don't often see um, a, an incredible return of this size. But this is ridiculous. Like I don't know. Like overpay is is an isn't an, an appropriate way to describe this. Okay, so the, the equivalent of uh, saying this is an overpay. Is someone hand you a Timex Indiglo watch from the 90s, right? Yep. And you handed them the cost of a presidential Rolex. Like, that's yeah. that's literally – that. like, you handed them $35,000. They handed you an Indiglo from 1996. Like, that, that's the equivalent. And I can't, like – it's like, hey, I got this 1991 Oldsmobile. Like, the, the right steering wheels is falling off. Uh, there's no bumper. The engine's rusted out. Okay, cool. Here's Maserati money. Like that, that's yeah. the level of overpay that went on here. By the way, the Russell Westbrook deal was Westbrook to John Wall for John Wall to the Wizards, and the Rockets got a future first round pick, which they can receive as early as 2023. So, given how Houston's going, they're probably going to want that pick in 2023. So, I think Houston has enough lottery picks in the thing to build a dynasty eight man rotation of the young basketball players right now. Like by 2027, like this team is going to be disgusting. They're going to dominate the league. Yeah. And it's not like Houston is going to be a, a non-friendly freaking free agent location. So you have all the stupid young talent that everyone's going to want their hands on. Because Houston has never shown me as a team that couldn't make it work with young, like underdeveloped guys. And they're, they're just they're, – I've never seen a franchise get, get set up like this before off one trade. Like at least OKC did it over like three yeah. or four trades. Houston and OKC are going to dominate the Western Conference for years to come outside of Lakers signing big free agents. Like that's it. It's going to be between Houston and OKC to dominate the yeah, Western Conference definitely. for years, the next decade with these trades. That they're, these NBA GMs and these NBA owners want to superstar so bad that just they just overcommit. It's like it's like paying a girl to go out with you on Tinder. Is what this is like. This is ridiculous. Like, James Harden was worth half of this. I remember Philly bucked at like two first round picks and Ben Simmons. I would I would trade Ben Simmons for half of this. Like this is nuts. Like this is, I don't, so two first round picks, two first round pick swaps would be what I would trade for Ben Simmons. I'd be like, I'll take that deal right now. 
yeah, it's this is beyond too much. It's uh, basketball is fun. Uh, watching our team isn't as fun right now, but that's a uh, our team sucks. Our team sucks, but our team doesn't suck as bad as this trade does. If you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, but let's be honest, <laughs> who's what's what's a Brooklyn Nets fan? We can move on though because they don't exist. Yeah. Um, in football, the news of the day is actually uh, just came across as confirmed. Uh, Urban Meyer uh, now going to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's cool. Uh, I mean, good for, good for him, I guess. I don't know if uh, there's there's people uh, in the Twitterverse, uh, which I always laugh at because it's the Twitterverse and it's really just obnoxious for the sake of being obnoxious, are saying that now um, because Urban Meyer was a Buckeyes coach, that he's going to take Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. And I just think that's ludicrous. This is ludicrous. It's not going to happen. Or, or what he can do is trade down get fields and probably get a bounty for Trevor Lawrence, which, which would be the actual smart thing to do. Although what I saw just the field as even the national championship game did not lead me to believe that that guy was going to be a future great NFL quarterback. But if you want to, but if you want to pull the Kyle Kingsbury and go all in on your college quarterback, that got you to the dance. There you go. Do that. Cause God knows some team will pay. If we've learned anything about dumb GMs lately is some team will overpay to get the Trevor Lawrence. And uh, I, as good as Trevor Lawrence may be, maybe Justin Field can be a pretty good NFL quarterback, but maybe you can get an entire offensive line as well for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it seems that people are so willing to pay for hype more than actual substance nowadays because James Harden, while well, is very good and has substance, is a lot of hype. And this is a lot with Trevor. We don't know. Trevor Lawrence could go out on the field of week one and get his knee turned inside out and be garbage for the rest of his career. We have no idea. Like, or he could go on to be like the next Aaron Rodgers insert great quarterback here. We don't know. We had this conversation last year when Joe Burrow got drafted, right? And Burrow yep. got his knee turned inside out, and God knows what he's going to look like when he comes back. Hopefully all better than progression of the science, but we don't know these things. So if I'm Jacksonville and I like, I'm, I'm giving the reins to Urban Meyer, maybe Urban Meyer's like, I can probably get Fields late in the first round. What else can I get? Yeah. Because <laughs> Field, yeah. I, I don't see Field projecting to be a top 10 pick. Did you? Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> so here's the thing. He's depending on the mock draft that you look at, someone is probably going to take him higher than they should. Cause the quarterback draft, uh, the quarterbacks in this draft, uh, aren't as high ranked as the quarterbacks in the, in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he went top 10, he probably shouldn't be, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, some people had the mock uh, in the mock drafts had him going to New England, which I LOL'd at because the Patriots won't take a quarterback in the first round. There's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and if it does, I'll you know eat my hat figuratively. Uh, it is, it just doesn't happen. The Belichick will draft some second or th- second or third round, sure, but not. I don't see it happening in the first. So, quick question: Can someone? Uh, I wish we had Jeremy on this week. Has there ever been a good starting NFL quarterback from Ohio State? Uh, we'll ask that question, uh, next week. We're going to have, uh, at least Jeremy from the sportsocracy, uh, Jeremy green, friend of the show. Uh, we're hoping also to have tank, uh, tank Spencer, uh, Jeremy's co-host on, uh, to talk some, uh, NFL championship, uh, weekend. Uh, so we'll ask Jeremy that week. I don't know. I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, probably a few, not, a, not many. 
Uh, here's a quick look at the dozen quarterbacks drafted in the NFL since 1988, how they fared in the league. I'll just list the names. I won't give you the numbers. In 1982, it was Art Schlichter. Okay. In 1987, it's Jim Karastas. Okay. 1988 was Tom Tupa. In 92, is Kent Graham. In 96, Bobby Hoying. 99, Joe Germain. 2002, Steve Belisari. 2004, Craig Krenzel. 2007, won a Heisman, but I don't think he did much in the NFL. Troy Smith. Uh, no. No, he wasn't very good. No, I, I'm looking. I, I'm 20 games, 4-4 four and four as a starter. 1,700 yards, 8 TDs, 5 interceptions. 2012, maybe the best one of this whole bunch, honestly. Terrell Pryor. I'm not saying he was great. I'm just saying he may have been the best of this bunch because he was a decent wide receiver. 2016, Cardell Jones. And 2019, our friend of the show, Mr. XFL himself, Dwayne Haskins. So, yes, there's never been a good Ohio State quarterback. So, no, I'm not trading down to get Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. No. I just reconsidered. Continue on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... The games last week, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. I thought oh, I'm, I'm all aboard the Bills Mafia bandwagon now. You're good. Uh, the Bills played pretty well. Um, and I think what we got to see for a change was um, the Colts uh, being respected and people all of a sudden realized that uh, they weren't as bad as people maybe thought they were. I, I still think Buffalo is uh, dangerous. I think they're very dangerous. I, I guess, like, I understand. I guess as a Colts fan, like, we were eleven and five. We're, we're obviously a very good football team. We seem to lose against like higher end competition, but we beat the number one seed in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers. We beat the yeah. Tennessee Titans, who won our division, and we also beat um, who else did we beat? Oh my God, I'm blanking. Beat the Titans, beat the Packers. I think those are the only two yeah. good teams we actually beat. Honestly. You lost to the Jags. Okay, so let's not come off the top rope so soon here, Macho Man. Um, our five <laughs> losses were the Jags, the Browns, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Ravens. So, okay, so only one of those teams didn't make the playoffs. The rest, of Yeah, them were but it showed that we were never really in contention to beat good teams. Other than that anomaly of a Jags loss where Phillip Rivers sucked in week one. Oh, yes. God, the sooner I never see Philip Rivers again, the better. But I mean, actually, I just thought of it. There you go. There's the there's the solution. Trade your Trevor Lawrence pick for a bounty of picks. Build a great team and go get your boy Dwayne Haskins for like on the cheap cheap, and build a team in Jacksonville. I mean, hey, Urban Meyer got something out of him. I mean, why not try it? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you you could probably trade Trevor Lawrence for someone's entire draft in the next year's first round pick. You're you're not wrong. Someone will do it, but like, if I'm the New York Jets right now, I'll give you my second overall pick. I'll give you my entire draft for Trevor Lawrence, and you can go get your boy Dwayne Haskins, and you can draft. You have two picks in every round, two prominent picks in every round of the draft. You basically if you just like you have the second overall pick now. Like oh boohoo, <laughs> like who cares? You can draft. You can draft a freaking dynasty by doing that. Go ask um, go ask the who. Who did Dick go trade his entire draft to for Ricky Williams? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't remember. The Ricky Williams draft was um, the '98 draft, yeah. But like, yeah, they, uh, the Saints, the Saints are god. But who's who, uh, the Miami Dolphins? Don't remember they paid a hefty price to the running back when he eventually left New Orleans. The first round, okay. Ricky Williams trade. 
In 19, it was a 99 draft, I apologize. Yeah. Wanted to move up in the draft order to show they would be able to select Williams from the University of Texas at Austin. Do so, he traded every pick he had in the fifth, for the fifth overall selection, which he used to select Williams. The same story when I didn't get a pick. I think, as far as I could tell, it was, and I believe it was, the Washington Redactors. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> I'm checking the NFL draft real quick because I want to see. It was well, Washington. It was the Redactants. Yeah. Yes. Okay. From Carolina via Washington. Whatever. I think it was yeah. the Redactants. There we go. Moving on. What a so, trade. Um, the, the only game that I really – so, first off, um, Tampa and the Redactants um, probably shouldn't have ever been in doubt. But do you not give that guy, Heineke, um, an opportunity to win the job? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. I mean, I, he's I mean, given you more than any quarterback not named Alex Smith, who's working off of a near-death experience and half the legs that you and I have. Okay, for Alex Smith here, let's be honest. The fact that Alex Smith ever played again in the NFL was enough, but the reality is he's 37 years old. He's had a flesh-eating disease. He's had his legs turned inside out and upside down, right. round and round like a Jack Johnson song. Like, he has been through it all so like the idea that he's gonna be playing into his 40s like drew Brees or grandpa tom no. is unlikely so just like give heineke a chance because what we saw from heineke against the bucks wasn't just a fluke performance that guy was throwing darts and lasers like he looked the running that running may dissipate someday but like he, he it wasn't just running but he was accurate it was accurate um they, and they it were, wasn't and it wasn't um dink and dunk like you see a lot of guys know. come in and they were like and they will like uh, you know, okay, look, you're going to come in, you're going to play Tampa. We need you to, you know, it's check down, check down, check down, maybe an occasional deep pass if you've got, you know, some cojones, but he was throwing like, he was throwing some bombs. Everything was a dart. Like everything was a dart. There was no, like, was no like weak limp arm throwing. He was really giving it is all in there. He has some legs, so he's mobile. I just don't see how you don't give the guy a chance because it did not he did not look out of place there. He looks like he belongs. And I just don't understand why he didn't uh, get a get an opportunity to start in the first place. Uh, how he ended up in the XFL tells you everything you need to know about NFL scouting. Because Dwayne Haskins was a what a tenth overall pick, and that yeah. kid that kid went to the XFL. He was on his couch like what eight weeks ago? He, yeah. he wasn't yeah. Yeah, so in seven weeks, he came and learned to play book and probably made Washington's offense look better than it ever has in the last couple of years. And like you said, he wasn't just dinking and dunking. That pass, His last touchdown pass to the corner of the end zone, that was one of the nicest oh, balls yeah. I've seen thrown. Like, that was an Aaron Rodgers express. Like, that was a yeah. gorgeous pass. Those aren't flukes. Like, when guys look like that, that is not a fluke. A fluke was when a guy ran for both. Like, if Lamar Jackson goes out and has a pretty good game, I'm like, okay. He's mostly doing it with his legs, but if he completes the odd pass, but in time and history has proven that if Lamar Jackson's going to have a big game, it's not going to be with his arm. If you want to beat Lamar Jackson, you're going to make him beat him with his arm, right? So yes. if Lamar is complete, if well, like it's like when Tebow beat the uh, Steelers in 2011, he threw one over the yes. top, right? But that was that was not the norm for Tim Tebow, and that's not the norm for Lamar Jackson. But what we saw from Taylor Heineke, we saw all game. Like we, yeah. it, it, there was not a fluke there. He didn't have a couple lucky passes. He was throwing darts on strings to guys who hadn't caught balls that looked that good all year long. And you could sense the energy in the Washington football team that, like, we may not be able to win this game, 
but I think they have something there. I think Heineke's the QB of the future there. They should like definitely like invest in building around him because I yeah. he went toe to toe with Tom Brady, who looked really good. I've been giving Tom Brady shit for a while about how wet Aika's arm was. Yeah, now, obviously, good. obviously Heineke and Brady weren't actually going head to head. But yeah. like Tom Brady was throwing some great looking balls in that game. He looked good. Like I I don't say that about Tom Brady very often, but like that was one of the better Tom Brady games I've probably seen in the last four years. Like he looked excellent. Yeah. Um and Heineke stood there on a much lesser, much less gifted Washington football team yes. offense. Like the yeah. Tampa Bay offense is loaded. You got Evans and although uh Godwin or Goodwin or whatever couldn't hold on to the Godwin, ball. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like a lot of A plus talent in that Tampa offense. Like I can't name a single guy in that Washington offense other than Heineke. I can't remember any of them. Sims, I think, did play pretty well, but like Sims I, played well, but he's not a guy that normally catches balls. They've yeah. got Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin's got a, a high ankle sprain. He probably shouldn't have been out there. Yeah, he's either the, like, way. Whoever caught that ball in the end zone, their last touchdown yeah. in the end zone. That guy, that guy's obviously a pretty good NFL wide receiver. But yeah, I want to. If the Colts signed Taylor Heineke in the offseason, I'd be thrilled with that signing. I'm thrilled. I don't see how, um, and this is going to sound real. I, I'm not trying to like bash anyone here, but I'm going to bash some people. If uh, if Blake Bortles is a backup quarterback somewhere, I don't see how Taylor Heineke can't be a backup at the very least. Oh my god, yeah, Taylor you know, Heineke. Like, I think he deserves like the. This is the way I see this going for for the redacteds. I think you need to take Heineke. And you need to build around. You've got an excellent defensive front. They invested a lot in the defense. Um, they look good on defense. Um, and I think you maybe look at some of the pieces that you might need. Maybe you need another wide receiver. And you don't need a quarterback right now. Because I'm going to tell you, maybe you grab an offensive lineman. Uh, but you don't need to go quarterback. You don't need to try to find someone. Because you're late in the draft already as it is. You made the playoffs. Unfortunately for you... Uh, I know that the redacteds aren't used to this position lately, but uh, your pick isn't in the top ten, so uh, you're gonna you're gonna not be left with the cream of the the crop here. And I think you just take Heineke and you take the year. Worst case, like absolute worst case, he's no better than anyone else you've had, and you haven't invested a draft pick in a guy that you're going to be releasing to the XFL three years after you draft him. Like, there's no reason to spend that draft pick on anything other than something that's going to improve your team long term. You don't need to put it in a super high offensive skill position unless there's, I mean, look, if for whatever reason DeFonta Smith is there, yes, take the wide out. I get it. But if you're looking at the draft and you're like, I don't know, maybe he's going to be good. Don't make that pick. Make a smart pick. Take the best player available. I know this is going to be weird for you, uh, Washington, because you're not used to, again, picking that far down. But uh, you've got an opportunity here. And I think your best case scenario is you found a quarterback that can actually play football. And with the defense you have, that could mean that you actually win the NFC East again. I mean, Dallas will probably come back as Dak is Dak if he gets paid. Um, but I think that you have a like a real opportunity here. The Giants and Daniel Jones aren't going anywhere, and uh, the, the division's a bit of a mess, so you've got an opportunity. And if you're the Redacteds, I think that that's what you have to do. You have to take your shot on Heineke. Otherwise, it's it's a blown opportunity, and someone else will. It wouldn't surprise me to see someone like Belichick come in and be like, I like this guy. I'm going to take him. Washington will be like, oh, okay. If 
if I'm the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, I'm offering Tyler Heineke like a four-year, $20 million deal right now. Yeah. He was just on his couch in the XFL. Tell me he doesn't take that. Like, he, he'd be like, hell yeah, I'll take that opportunity. Like, he, he's not a proven commodity, but in the NFL, $5 million a year for a quarterback four years, it's back of QB money. And what I saw, if you give him Indy's offensive line and Indy's running game, I can't yep. see how that guy wouldn't be a super freaking duper star in Indianapolis. Yep. Like, I, I fell in love with what I saw. It's like yep. I, I've seen better quarterbacks. Like, I've seen young Peyton Manning. I've seen young Tom Brady. I've seen young Drew Brees, all those guys. But, like, in the NFL right now, I would take Taylor Heineke over Jared Goff after what I saw. Yeah, me too. And, and not because Jared Goff was hurt on Sunday. I realize that. But I've seen – I saw Jared Goff during his Super Bowl run, and he never looked as good as Taylor Heineke looked in that game. And, like, no. he, he was balling. And it, it, the fact that it's gotten completely brushed aside already and people aren't talking about it bothers me because I, I, I want to see that kid get paid because I want to see him play again. I hope we sign him. I don't want to go get Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz never looked that good. Like, nah, give me that guy. Um, he, he learned that offense in six weeks, man. Give it to him. The speaking of Jared Goff, um, the uh, chef Russ didn't cook. Uh, he had one good pass to uh, DK Metcalf. Um, or he cooked and he burnt it. I don't know what you want. Whatever oh, yeah. analogy. The Seahawks sucked. sucked. They Oof. sucked. I I was. I'm going to be honest. I was pulling for him hard. I like Russ. I think he's an excellent quarterback. I think he often gets forgotten when talking about great quarterbacks in the league. He's always like, you get down the list and they're always like for the longest time. And this is, you know, we're getting, we're getting to a point where it's going to be different, but like for a long time, it was like, oh yeah, there's like Manning and Brady. And then there's uh Rogers is pretty good. And Drew Brees is pretty good. And like, you get like down to like the five or six spot. And then people would be like, I mean, I guess Russ and I feel like he was better than that. And Absolutely. he did not he did not do it. Um, the the Rams defense is excellent, even with uh, broken ribs, Aaron Donald. Um, but there was no offense to be seen. The game was probably the worst game of the weekend. Oh, hands down. Uh, hands. By far. Uh, it was ugly. Hold on. The, 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 Bear, the Saints-Bears game wasn't good either, though. Okay, yeah, and, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. The Rams won. I think they'll be dispatched fairly quickly. So um, we're leaving out the whole narrative that happened here. So for our listeners out there, uh, me and Dave were communicating on uh, it's Saturday. This game was the uh, the Seahawks game was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. So yeah. you hit me up with gotta go, gotta go watch the Seahawks roll the Rams, and oh my I was God. like, yes. and, I, and I was like, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. And then I completely like ran with it the rest of the game as the Rams proceeded to roll the Seahawks for four quarters. Now again, I like Russell Wilson. I think he's underrated. I think the rest of that team is fraudulent. I think Pete Carroll's finally, and I stress finally kind of getting exposed is not like I mean, I, I don't know after I had that 2015, 16, 2014 Super Bowl, whatever that was, yeah. with the Marshawn Lynch thing. I don't know after that he kept the job, but he has, and the Seahawks always See, that's kind of like the Steelers. Everyone thinks they're really good early on because we on the show since the Seahawks were really good early on. They could come into the NFC. And then they turn back into a pumpkin and we laugh at them. And that, I'm just tired yes. of that narrative. Russell Wilson's great. The rest of the team's trash. Russell Wilson did not play well on well, Sunday. DK Metcalf is an excellent receiver, but that's it. Is he? Like, I mean, I'm not saying yes. he's bad. I'm just saying that, like... He's a body. He's a body. He need, but he needs, like, you can't only have DK Metcalf. Like you need Tyler Lockett, you need 
you need someone else there because he can't. He's not a number. I don't think he's the he's number, not number one wide receiver. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's not. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is an unquestioned elite starting quarterback in the NFL, but DK Metcalf is not an elite wide receiver. Yet. It's the, DK Metcalf and I, I is is a little bit better than the person I'm looking at. DK Metcalf's hype kind of reminds me of Juju Schuster Smith when everyone was really high on him and he was going to be the next Antonio Brown and all that shit. And now he's just a above average slot receiver on a Pittsburgh Steelers team that only throws the ball six yards. Like, yes, that's what Juju is now. Like, remember when Juju was like the future, like when yes. he was number two behind yeah. Antonio Brown? DK Metcalf is a, probably a, a good Juju Schuster Smith. Like, he's like in that range, but he's yeah. not like he's not like DeAndre Hopkins or you know, no, any of those guys, Julio Jones or yeah. any of those. If you get Russ an elite receiver, so because his offensive line isn't great. The running game isn't great. Their defense is a literal punchline. I don't know, man. Uh, Seattle's lucky to have made it. If the if the Cardinals didn't completely melt down down the stretch, I don't know if the Cardinals and the Rams even get in. But, I, I think the Cardinals being hurt didn't, didn't help them, but uh, you're probably right. Seattle's defense was fraudulent all year long. Fraudulent? They were a, they were a punchline most of the year. Like, they were literally one of the worst teams uh, defenses I've ever seen. Yeah, they weren't great. Uh, I I ate my words on that one. I was really hoping that Seattle would come in and play. Uh, you were you were so virtually defending it the entire time, like they can come back, they can come back, and this game's not over. And I'm like, then, oh, okay, but, not over. but tell me when Russ makes that pass to DK, the touchdown pass, that you weren't like, I can see it, because the Rams were kind of like they were just they were the Rams weren't putting away seattle the way they needed to to make it like definitive and then there were a couple of plays where like blown coverages and it's like all right and the game's over their quarterback had a broken thumb on their throwing hands and they just well the worst part is seattle stacking against the run and that guy still went for like 185 yards yeah (laughs) i look man when when that pass got committed to dk Metcalf, i was like okay maybe they can come back but i I, pretty quickly i learned that russ was baking yes yep yeah uh the bears saints happened that game was uh, trash. The best thing about that game was the Nickelodeon broadcast. The Nickelodeon broadcast yeah. was fantastic. Shout out to Nickelodeon uh, for getting on this. Good, good job. Are they going to be on the? Are they going to be the divisional round this week too? Like, is there going to be an? Uh, uh, I don't. I know. hope so. If there is, I'll watch it again. I, I, I'd rather watch that than regular dry, boring NFL coverage. The um, the Titans and Ravens. I did uh, not watch this game. Full disclosure, I could care less who won this game. Uh, okay, so I. I had it on, and it was just kind of ho-hum. The most interesting part about this game is uh, Tennessee did exactly what they were predicted to do, which is attempt to run the ball as often as they could. And Baltimore said, uh, we're only going to defend literally one thing, the run. And in the first quarter, it looked like Tennessee was going to walk all over Baltimore because they had tight ends who were outrunning guys, it was bad coverage, and Tannehill was just like short passes, and then the tight end was running because no one was there because everybody was up on the line. And then for whatever reason, and I'm guessing the reason is uh, Mike Vrabel's a shit coach, um, they changed the game plan. Whoever the OC is needs to be fired. I don't know if they have been, but they need to be fired. And I don't mean this because I like the Titans. I hate the Titans. I don't like anything about them other than Derrick Henry, who is an a ridiculous back. Henry rushed 18 times for like 46 yards. They kept trying to run the ball with them. And then they were in like third and long. And it's like, all right, well now you got to pass to get your first down and we can just play the pass. It was the most predictable game ever. Lamar had uh, an unreal 
uh, breakout run where he looked like he was running uh, almost as fast as Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to say he's faster because I don't think he is. I still think Tyreek Hill is faster, but um, he looked good. And Lamar did Lamar things and they won. There was an interception and they danced on the logo and, you know, lots of uh, smack talk between the two teams. The game was just blah. I'm going to be honest with you. It was just blah. You have all these receivers. You have you have weapons, and all you have to do is pass. And people keep telling me how great uh, of a game manager Tannehill is, and they didn't use him. They didn't use him at all. First quarter they did, and they were winning, and then they stopped, and that's it. That's it. Game over. Baltimore wins by Tennessee. See you never. I I would have rather been like you know waterboarded and waterboarded than watch that football game. Ryan Tannehill versus Lamar Jackson uh, is the QB matchup that I never want to watch in my lifetime. Uh, I don't. I, I respect Ryan Tannehill for getting his career together post Adam Gase, but that does yes. not mean that Ryan Tannehill is an excellent quarterback. And uh, I like Lamar Jackson when he runs. Yeah, me but, too. But teams teams take the run away from him, force him to pass, and then he throws those old Vince Young looking poop baggies, and I I I, I, it, it, I, I don't enjoy it. I I. I I don't know how people voted last year and were like, you know what? Lamar Jackson's better than Deshaun Watson. Because like, <laughs> I was like, how, how? And like, they looked at him like, you know what? Patrick Mahomes is not as valuable to his team as Lamar Jackson is. You know what? Aaron Rodgers is not as good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I just look at these things and I'm like, I, I don't get it. If Lamar Jackson was like a wildcat running back, I'd be like, he's, he's, he's got Belichick plug and play vibes to him. But he is not a good NFL quarterback. Like he's he's an all right one. He's not the worst. He's not um, Blake Bortles by any stretch of the imagination. Like he's he's probably a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL. I'll give him that. But he is not an MVP. Like I just watched that guy, and he did take off for that sixty yard run, which is really impressive. Like, but I never thought Michael Vick was an elite quarterback either, and he could run like the wind. Although I think Lamar is actually maybe not as fast as Vick but he's definitely harder to take down because he's a lot bigger than Vic. Well, I don't know, man. I'm just going off of rambles. Lamar Jackson sucks to me. Sorry. There. I just said it. There you go. I'm not a big fan. Move on. Uh, I think there's only, this only the game, the only game left we didn't cover. And it's the, it's my favorite game. It is my favorite game of the week. I, <laughs> Cleveland Pittsburgh. I, I, I really like, I, I can't tell you how much, this pleased me like this game made me giddy and i i I don't i don't pretend to be like a i'm not um friend of the show uh jason's uh charboy you know charboy's cleveland browns fan here check them out they've got a super bowl box fyi Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not i'm not a browns fan i'm not And, and i don't particularly think that I don't think Baker is bad. I think he's a good quarterback. I think they've got a really good team and they have been bad for so long. So the only reason I wanted them to win because they've been bad for so long, same reason I was glad Buffalo won Buffalo won. And they like, they have been uh, a bit of a joke in the AFC for so long and this is their chance. And now they've got it and they're here. They did it. So Buffalo won. Great. But I felt like I needed Cleveland to do like to put the nail in the coffin because for weeks you and I have been talking on this show about how the Steelers uh, 11 and 0 start was like the, they were the shittiest looking 11 and 0 team we've ever seen. They were not good. 
and they were in danger of like they were never going to be out of the playoffs because of how quickly they started and how fast they got there but they were in danger of losing out quick they were in danger of being a team that in theory could have been as high as like the two is that i think that's right and they and they were and they ended up they're gone they're gone bye bye felicia they were the number Five one team for most of the season because yeah. Kansas City Kansas got their City lost to uh, Raiders. Yeah, very early yeah. on, they only lost one game all year. So uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you you could see the cracks in the Steelers probably started around the Titans game. I want to say like when they beat the Titans. one where they won by a field goal on a fluke. Yeah, they won on a yeah. fluke, and that, I think that was like seven or or eight and zero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was when we could start seeing the cracks and the flaws and the uh, the Yinzer armor, and uh, it, it just kept getting worse and worse. And then they kept so, they started losing, and then they they they, they came back on us, which is probably one of the most painful things as a Colts fan was watching that shitty team come back on us. But kudos to them, they did it. But I gotta say that watching, even though they know the Cleveland went up twenty eight nothing because they're the Browns, I lived with an eternal clenched butthole for the rest of the game, worried that. Pittsburgh was going to come back on that team. And it felt like it was happening for a while. It there, felt so there are, there are It was uh, a telenovela at its finest. First, you have the errant snap um, on the first play of the game for a touchdown, which is, uh, pardon my language here, fucking spectacular. Mm. Uh, Pro Bowl center, uh, huge quarter. Like ben, Big Ben, is he's big. He's like 6'5 or something. He's not a little guy. And that ball was like 16 feet over his head. It was way out there. I don't know what was happening. It was incredible. Um, There were a bunch of interceptions. Um, Cleveland goes up incredibly big. And then um, all of a sudden, uh, in true telenovela fashion, someone gets amnesia and uh, forgets that they're playing football. And then it's 28-10. Then the Steelers start thinking about coming back and Cleveland's not scoring and they lose some uh, offensive linemen or something and they don't have tackles anymore. And you're like, what is happening? And then they, they get another touchdown and you're like, okay, well at least they got that one. And then the Steelers score again. You're like, no. And then they get another one. And then the pick, the pick was glorious. No, no, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let the, the moment that game really changed when Pittsburgh didn't go for it on fourth and one. And then that directly resulted in Cleveland scoring a touchdown, which basically put the game out of reach. When Tomlin showed no balls whatsoever with an offense that had been going up and down the field for two straight quarters on the Cleveland Browns, when he like he was like, no, 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 not going for this fourth and one. Punted, and I believe that was the uh, Kareem Hunt screen pass touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, yeah. Yeah, or, or something like that. I don't know who scored it, but like that was the death nail. The pick, the pick was like the icing on the cake, but the death nail was Tomlin having no balls. And I argued with someone on social media a few weeks ago that Tom Tomlin was saying Tomlin was one of the all-time great coaches, and I literally laughed out loud and ridiculed the pick. I stand up even more firmly with my hand over my chest, screaming, "Mike Tomlin isn't even the best coach the Steelers have had in the last twenty years. Tomlin is a fraud." Um, Let me ask you this, because this is like this is kind of where I'm at right now. If Mike Tomlin is not the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, would he be fired? 
And I understand, I understand he's not going to be fired because he's the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steelers don't fire anybody. Well, they do. They fire offensive coordinators because they can't blame Mike Tomlin. Right. They don't fire head coaches, I should say. It's like, what is it like? Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, Noel was an absolute anchor in the '80s, but they still let him ride it out until he was done. And then Coward, I think Coward took the job in '92. I want to say I'm pretty sure Coward took the job in '92. But Chuck Noel, who led the Iron Curtain dynasty Steelers, got a lot of leeway through the '80s for being kind of like kind of like Tom Landry was in Dallas. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that job is Tomlin's. They hired Tomlin Young, so that job's probably gonna be Tomlin's until 2000. 40, I'd say. Tomlin will be blowing it in big situations with the Steelers for the next 20, 30 years. But here's excuse me, here's the thing. With Ben, big old fat Captain Fatfuck there, who can no longer throw the ball more than five yards accurately, um, the defense couldn't ho- prop up that shitty offense. I mean, the reason Cleveland gave up so many points is they basically went into a prevent in the second quarter. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, the reason they, they were just playing uh, – Everybody was off, and Ben could dink and dunk down the field. Well, yeah, they could they could dink and dunk down the field, and like you may score, but it's going to take you a long time. That only one Steeler drive was quick. I think it was late in the game. Ben yeah. connected for seventy six plays and four seventy six yards and four plays for a touchdown, like a minute twenty six. Like that was one of their touchdowns. Everything else yeah. was taking like seven eight minutes with the, the the Browns literally giving up eight to twelve yards every single play. So yep. I would yeah, just just a mess. Uh, the Steelers are just bad like the, the fact they got to 11 whatever 12 and 4 was a miracle um do you think they're a playoff team next year yeah probably the defense is still really good and like with the defense that good they, they had some injuries but like i said <laughs> the defense is that good they're going to be uh they're going to be a playoff team they're not going to be an elite team i i think cleveland and baltimore are going to just absolutely take that division from them at some point i think next year with a healthy odell beckham jr cleveland will be a little bit better than they were this year. And I think, I think Cleveland's got the monkey off their back where they know they can get it done now and they've won a playoff game and they've done everything they need to do to like believe in themselves. Finally, it's been a lot of hard rain in that franchise for a long time. Those fans now believe a lot of those players now believe they've been there for a few years, right? Like it, it wasn't yeah. so many years ago where that team was 0 16. So I know. I know. yeah, I, I, I fully see Baltimore and Cleveland surpassing the, the the golden years of Captain Fatfuck and just leaving the Steelers in the dust. But the defense is good enough. It has to be accounted for, right? But they're so cap screwed. Like if Ben Roethlisberger comes back next year, they owe him forty one million dollars. That's a huge <laughs> cap hit for one player. So, um, good luck. Oh, that's glorious. Oh, yeah. and you know he's going to take that forty one million because who wouldn't take that forty one million? Yeah, could have could have released him any at any moment. Could have let him go. Said, look, you're old. Maybe just go, and instead they're going to keep him on. Um, this weekend, uh, I think you and I are basically 100% aligned here on uh, who you've got going where. Uh, Packers and Rams? I who think are the Rams playing again? The Packers. Packers and Rams. Oh, I think you were saying those the two teams you picked advance. I was like, who, who are the Rams playing again? Oh, yeah, I'm taking the Packers by 20. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers' uh, revenge tour is in full effect here, and I don't think the Rams. Here's my bold take of the century: the Packers are coming into the NFC. That's who I'm picking for the NFC. There you go. That's not unreasonable. I don't know if that is that. Well, I mean, they got the, they got the brakes <laughs> blown off them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, so it's not exactly a safe pick. 
Uh, uh, well, but, do, you, do you think the Buccaneers are beating the Saints to get through to the next round? Because so I let's get to that game right now. So obviously, the history of the season tells us they have no chance in hell. But I, I don't know, man. Drew Brees Brady's comes this time of year every year, turns into a flaccid spaghetti noodle. So I don't know if I want to put money on uh, money on the Saints. Like I believe in Tom Brady in January at 426 years old more than I believe in Drew Brees in January at 424 years old. You know, that's how I feel about yeah. it. Um, so the Bucks have all the talent in the world. They've underperformed, if you ask me. The team is way better have, than the rest. Of the yes. If, if they if they had if they had like an elite, if they had an Aaron Rodgers in Tampa Bay, that team would have been sixteen and zero. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I, obviously, history dictates the Saints are going to run the run the table on them. But it's Tom Brady in January and Drew Brees in January, and buddy, like the times they change real fast on those two men. So. I know. Here's my here's my bold upset of the week. Tampa Bay edges out New Orleans 24-20. Uh, I've got the Saints winning that. I mean, that's a safe bet. I'm, I'm being risque. I, I would not be even remotely surprised if Saints win. But my risky pick this week is 24-20, Bucks over Saints. And Aaron Rodgers gets unholy revenge on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and puts up a 50-burger on them. There you go. Ooh, that would be nice. In Green uh, Bay? Yeah, those – Tom Brady might like playing cold weather, but the rest of that box team does not. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Buffalo, Baltimore. Uh, this one's hard, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with my heart because I'm Bills Mafia at the end now because the, the Colts are eliminated. I'm going to take the Bills 28-17. Yeah, I've also got the Bills going here. I am more confident in that. I think that Buffalo is a very well-rounded team. I think defensively and offensively, they are excellent. And I don't think Baltimore is as gifted offensively as they are. I mean, they're good defensively. But I think that Josh Allen makes things happen. And I don't know if seeing a quarterback that can both pass and throw is going to throw something off for them. They're used to seeing one that can throw and not one that can run like this. And Allen can definitely make a lot more happen on the ground uh, than guys are used to playing. Uh, and the last game is uh, a little laughable, uh, Kansas City and Cleveland. Not to like, not to take the air out of the Cleveland tires, but they're going up against um, my Super Bowl champion pick. So I'm taking KC. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas City coming to the AFC. Um, my hope is Buffalo, but my heart's in Buffalo, but my brain is definitely in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, and my stomach would definitely be in Kansas City too for the barbecue, but that's here and there. Keep going. I uh, well, I'm just gonna say I think that's all that I that I have to cover. The uh, hockey season started last night. And go Leafs, go! I'm going, to, I'm going to put us out on this. I hate hockey and it's stupid. Uh, Montreal lost last night after winning most of the game, um, but and this is the the big but. The game was entertaining as all get out. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams looked good at times and bad at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am excited to see eight more uh, games of this mm-hmm. in a very short period of time. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. And everybody that is confused about whether it's going to be a good year or a bad year, it's going to be a good year. I, I just like the way that this is set up is going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of rivalries and a lot of like, there's going to be some real bad blood by the end of this. And I'm excited for it. If every hockey game was as entertaining as Leafs Habs was last night, hockey would be the number one sport in North America. Unfortunately, teams like the Columbus Blue Jackets exist, and that's just not possible. But 
that was a fun hockey game. Like that was just like it was it was balls to the wall, end to end action. Everyone's shooting from everywhere. Like it was fantastic. I had a blast. Ridiculous saves. There were a lot of goals. Uh, there were some hits. Uh, it basically had everything you wanted in a hockey game, and it was it's like for an opening. Uh, season opener i don't know if you could have asked for a much better game than a rivalry game going to ot like what else do you really like what else do we really want i wanted a different outcome but congrats you guys are on the route to 56 and 0 plan the parade uh get everybody ready i'm just kidding. uh you well, guys I- got a good you're, you're up one you're one already so let's see what happens well, the funny part of this is I'm like, only 55 more to go. And you're like, don't be stupid. You're not going to win 56 straight games. <laughs> I'm like, well, obviously, I'm a Leafs fan. I'll settle for 35 wins. Uh, but there's a really funny moment here. I was having a conversation. I had a lot of open chats going with fellow Leafs fans all over the place, right? And I said, like, man, can you imagine if we had Carey Price? And my buddy's like, cup run. He's still absolutely elite. I'm like, he is so fucking good. I hate him. My buddy's like, I loathe him. <laughs> how you can lust after someone for far but still keep that like fandom strong we're both like oh yeah incredible goaltender great guy hate him loathe him wish him death great yeah like, <laughs> i just i just thought that was a really interesting conversation so come home carrie price you belong to us now in my because everyone hates freddie anderson now except for me I, I still think he played fine i don't think he played great he's definitely now he's definitely no carrie price and i think jack campbell deserves a shot but i'm looking forward to the leafs winning 40 games this year wish us the way me later playing his ass off and Josh uh, Anderson. Josh yeah. Anderson, validated. Our contract yeah. pick is validated. One game validated. If you actually go back and look, Scott Gomez's first game as a hat was actually really good, too. And then we all know that played out. So. Uh, don't throw Scott Gomez at me. God damn it. Um, all right, Steve, where can the people find you if they want to argue with you about Pittsburgh being uh, being good? Cause, um, like, you can argue, but you'll, you'll, just, you'll just get a lot of laughing gifts thrown back at you. Uh, you can find me at Steve Steel 23 on Twitter. You can tell me that the Houston Rockets got fleeced for James Harden, and I can hit you with the, the laughing lizard gift that I just discovered today. You can also find me at Steve Steel 23 on Instagram, where I'm probably wearing you probably all you're going to see is sneakers and expensive clothing because it's all I really use Instagram for is to remind people that I'm better than I actually am, I guess. Don't know if I'm joking. I'm just being sad right now. Either way, follow me at Steve Steel 23 on Instagram or Steve Steel 23 on Twitter. Mr. Turducken, I believe, is my current name on Twitter and handle. You can find me there. Usually talking about sports. More often than not, resharing shit about Trumping Trumpos. You know, just doing my thing. That's, that's normal, uh, normal Twitter stuff. And you can find me at Armchair Comment Two at Armchair Commentary. Uh, look me up and let me know if you think the Habs actually have a chance of winning this year. Because I am doing my best Leaf impersonation, my Leaf fan impersonation today. Uh, woe is me. One game down. Uh, season is over. Sky's falling. Uh, worst possible outcome. I'm just kidding. It'll be fine. We looked, we looked, we actually, I was pretty content with most of it. Uh, by the end of the game, it looks like everybody was just gassed and yeah, you know, these had like a two on O and it's like, all right, Carey price is good, but he's not stop every two on O good. It just isn't going to happen. So definitely not. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. And that does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary. If you haven't already, again, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. It is the freest and most easiest thing you can do to support us. Uh, Sharing is free, liking is free, listening is free, and subscribing is free. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is make sure you hit that button that says subscribe, a little bell, whatever it is. Download our episodes. We appreciate it. It means the world to us. 
Uh, if you are looking for merchandise, you know where to find us. We are on TeePublic. We are on Redbubble. You can check out all of our merch there. If there is something that is missing, let me know and I'll get it added. It has been an interesting and wacky week in the world of sports. Can't wait to do it again next week. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.